So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to East Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and I. I hope you enjoyed listening to us give our um, top five lists for both TV shows and movies of 2022. And we give you some good recommendations as you did to us and with your picks. I actually got to watching a few of them, so I'll talk about those later. So now for episode 105 of these conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great time right now. Tonight, we do not have another list for you guys, sadly. Well, not sadly, because we're going to have just a very laid back, chill. This episode could go anywhere in any conversation. Um, it's going to be off the top of the dome. And yeah, I just hope you guys are ready for just a, like a really chill episode. Right, Eric? Yeah, exactly. I'm uh, interested to see where it's going to go, because uh, as you could tell by the uh, title of this episode, it's been... Uh, kind of a struggle in the last week or so for Matt and I to come up with a topic so we figured out hey, let's go with no topic for this episode and see where it goes which um yeah, yeah I mean it's kind of a testament to like how it, it difficult it can be at times always be coming up with new ideas and uh, topics for episodes so we figured we'd scrap all that and just see what happens with a little freestyle we've done, done this before I feel like for me personally anyways last time we did a no topic episode I did have still quite a few things prepared just like in my back pocket in case we needed something to pivot last minute um i tried to go in with to this one with as little prepare as possible uh, mind works 100 miles a minute so it's impossible for me to completely do that I, I did write a couple of things down but honestly it's um pretty slim pickings as you'll see once i share what i've written down so uh, matt um did you have anything that you want to kick the convo off with or thoughts on what i just said about coming up with topics for episodes and stuff, anything uh, that comes to mind when I said that? Yeah, for sure, the coming up with a topic. Um, first of all, as an avid listener of many podcasts, I'm always like, wonder how like shows come up with all their good ideas and stuff and how much time they must take to like write it all down and how much ahead they plan. Like we, we, we literally could have a schedule, Eric, where it's like on the calendar, like, okay, this week we're doing this. And then like it's booked for six months solid. But I mean, that's a lot of work. We do this pro bono and we just, we go like two, like week by week, basically, or two week, every second week, we'll think of a new topic. Um, I don't, I find it hard because this show covers a wide variety of things. So like, for example, if it was only like a horror movie podcast, I don't think we'd run out of ideas because there's always like new things coming out and million, millions of lists we could do. But because we cover a lot of different things, we have so much that, like we can, there's so many people, like guests, like we could have a multitude, multitude of different topics just with that, right, Eric, interview style. We've done a lot of that and sometimes they're great, sometimes they're, it's not exactly what we were looking for, right? So, uh, no, I struggle with finding a topic too. Um, you know, the dreaded text, like, do you have any ideas for uh, next week's episode? <laughs> yeah. I'm always waiting for it. It's not dreaded. It's just like, okay, got, my brain needs to start working, right? Like, do you sit there at work, Eric, thinking of ideas like I do? I, yeah, I try to as much as possible, honestly. Like, it has picked up a bit for me at work right now, so I just haven't had the same amount of downtime that I once had to always be thinking of stuff. But it's funny you say that, though, because I actually do – I have done this quite a few times, like – a lot of times right down looking ahead at the calendar what the schedule release would look like and look at either what shows or movies are coming out around that time on which we could do a pod for that week 
but there's always gaps in between where like there's just placeholders for, like okay and what could we put for this one so i definitely do have some ideas for like stuff coming down the line but yeah on the week or by week to by week basis it is tough and i'm already starting to send out some, like i don't want to do another no topic episode for a little while i'm going so i've sent out some feelers for the next one and hopefully even the one after that just have some some guests back on like you said interview style um, potential look at a cooking episode again to talk about the new things we've learned and uh, new tips for everyone out there and just talk about our journeys and stuff so that might be coming soon ish so um yeah just but you're right though like the fact that we don't have a set topic for every episode does make it a little trickier at times it's a gift and a curse i feel like i've always said that and um yeah, and if this was a horror movie pod, I don't think I would be here. <laughs> Just saying, I'm, my knowledge is not <laughs> strong fair. enough to uh, anchor a bi-weekly podcast around horror movies. Um, yeah, on that note, it could... Okay, go ahead, go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say, or if it was something that, like, was one of your, like, deep interests, like, let's say hip-hop music or something that you're really into, and I would be like, ooh, not comfortable we have we have our audience i think our audience likes what we'd like to that's why they still that's why our listeners still listen to us because we they like the variety you know if if i was in charge i'd have like maybe a list every episode of a different movie list but that's not what we're about like you said um you said something else really good oh well first of all the no top like you're like you don't want another no topic i think <laughs> there's no such thing as a no topic right it's like saying seinfeld's a show about nothing it's, it's a show about everything this episode yes there'll be no like specific title or topic but we're going to cover a lot of random stuff that i don't even know if i know what we're going to talk about right now it's just going to pop in my head pop in your head of course i have some stuff i want to touch on later on i have a couple ideas floating around in my head actually i didn't write them down like you but it's stuff i'm always thinking about and of course and touching you touched on episode 104 i had do i have watched a lot of stuff that were that I hadn't seen since the last time. So I do want to talk about that, but I guess we'll save that for the end for the, when we do our recommendations, but no, the no top, no, there's no such thing as no topic, Eric. It's, it's just a, a hodgepodge show, you know, like a, a charcuterie board. I have you used that term before. I feel like you've used that in pod titles. Should honestly hodgepodge does sound like or saying something's a charcuterie board. Those are two things I might just start saying now or, you know, I don't like to say the same things too often. I like to switch it up, keep people guessing. But hodgepodge, charcuterie yeah. board, I might mix those into the to the um, rotation. But speaking of charcuterie board, this just made me think. I, this is kind of a segue into the first thing I wrote down. This would be insane if you <laughs> saw any of these things on your charcuterie board. But I was having this conversation with my family the other night. I wanted to share it with the listeners real quick. It's just, in my opinion, I have these lying around right here next to me. I'll show them on the YouTube if you're watching. You should be watching. Um, just see this beautiful bag of jelly beans that I'm holding up. Just criminally underrated candy that get zero <laughs> respect put to their name. I feel like... Jelly beans, when brought up in mainstream conversation, are spat at. And I'm here to tell you, jelly beans, top five candy in my books. Like, I don't care what anyone has to say. Um, and I'm talking about the OG flavors, too. You got your, I'm not going to rank the jelly beans for everybody there, but like your pink, black, purple, orange, yellow, red, white, green. I think that's it. In that order, honestly. That's just elite. Just concentrated dose of sugar with a nice crunch that you get when you chomp on them 
actually bought a ton at uh, like probably a literal ton at Bulk Barn the other day, and I ate a, a, way too much, and I was feeling like complete ass after the fact. So I've had to <laughs> ration off about 10, 10 to fourteen jelly beans per day since then. And I'm on. I think I got two more batches left in here. So, what are your thoughts, Matt, on uh, the jelly bean? <laughs> Super random, but like that you brought that up, but like at work, we try to like once a week buy like some muffins or cookies at the grocery store next door. But like the last time someone went out and bought some sweets for us, it was the jelly beans. Well, candy really, but there was a lot of jelly beans there too. And I hadn't had a jelly bean in so long, Eric, and Frank, we polished off that bowl so fast. They're delicious. It's the texture, like the, when you're chewing into them, you know, the shell's a little crunchy, but it's chewy on the inside freaking love it uh the black licorice like the dark ones not not a big fan of the black ones but uh we still ate them but they were eaten last but no eric super random that you brought that up but delicious but which leads me you said something super interesting i want to touch on like did you feel like ashamed that you ate that many were you like a little disgusted or just like man eric i'm or, or you're talking to yourself like man i'm you know i'm not trying to like you know, you're trying to exercise and keep healthy. So you were you ashamed because of that or just that you gorged yourself and you had a tummy ache? Great question and good clarification, I should specify. Had zero shame. Just actually felt bad because of all the sugar intake. It was just like I wasn't feeling well. Okay. And I had a nice salad later on in the evening and it just felt fantastic. Like a zillion bucks after I was had some green, <laughs> greens back in the system. But yeah, no, it, it was um, an eye-opening situation where maybe when I was a kid, and it's been said that jelly beans are literally are, um, candies for kids. So I don't know if I really want that out there in the world that I, jelly beans is top five in my books, but I go on. Um, <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with this. But um, yeah, it just goes to show that I can't maybe eat as much candy as I used to when I was younger without any repercussions, right? So... I'm on the, I'm okay. nearing the, the big three O. Still got another year to go though, and uh, yeah, just not not the same as I used to be. And it's probably for the best, honestly. Like you don't want to be scarfing down um, orange jelly beans on a daily basis. But I am gonna finish this pack in the next few days. But yeah, no, it was um, nice an experience that I'm glad happened, but also it wasn't fun to go through. But also, it wasn't like that bad. <laughs> sorry eric every time you mention salad my brain flashes back to you as a kid just i have this image of you polishing like whole bowls of salad that like your mom made like there'd be no leftovers of salads you're a salad fiend is salad to you what car what like gasoline is to a car like you need the salad to run you always have to have a fresh salad every two days or so it's a good comparison honestly um, <laughs> I actually don't have salad. I wouldn't, I don't know if it's every two days, but every time we mix one in there, like if there are leftovers for either like the meat component of the meal or like maybe some potatoes and there's a ton of salad left, I'm going to finish that salad and keep obviously everything mm. that's perishable for like leftovers like that. I feel like that just makes logical sense. But even if yeah. I wanted more like chicken breast, I'm going to go for the salad bowl and I will best believe I'm whipping out a spatula, like a plastic spatula and just cleaning off the edges, getting all that vinaigrette, just yeah. <laughs> no um, feast for crows. It's all being eaten up and I love it. I actually never get full off salad either. I can have like a full massive bowl for dinner and I'll be like content by the end of it. 
It's great. So that, that's a great, not problem to have, but just situation to have in terms of food habits. Salad's great. And you objectively feel good eating salad. I don't think that can be contested. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that, Eric. Last meal on earth. What salad are you going for? I'm making your dream salad. There's a bunch, honestly. The first thing that came to mind is like the salad that I make nowadays. Like I just throw a bunch of stuff in there, um, like lettuce, cucumber, tomato, peppers. Um, I like a good pickled red onion in there too. Avocado, Ooh. olives, capers, some mint flakes, um, and then just like a pretty simple um, salad dressing, like juice of half a, li- a lemon or lime. Actually, lime works too. Olive oil, salt, toss that delicious but like there's probably better hmm. specialty salads i could go for um like a good chick like obviously chickpea salad is not my number one that on the electric chair yeah. that i want there but like i'll take any salad honestly i don't discriminate any mix of greeneries or beige food we're talking yeah. chickpeas uh, how about you would there be one that stands out for you yeah, I'm like you. I like every salad. Probably a nice, a classic Caesar salad, homemade. I have a recipe for a dress, like for the dressing, which is like the key to a good Caesar salad. Then I have some like croutons, bacon, you know, Parmesan cheese, the the usual lemon. Squeeze some lemon on there. Uh, you had me. The salad you described was perfect up until you said avocado, but that's just personal preference for me. I find that they, they can. You got to eat it right away, or they become brown. I think right and. Got to be eaten right away. Um, plus, my girlfriend hates avocado, so no go on that. Um, yeah, I'm also the only one who eats avocado in our household, but that's fine with me. It's more for me. And I love avocado, honestly. it's um, You're right, though. There is a short window of opportunity, but during that window, you're just reaping the benefits of it's great right. for you, good fats. I want to say some omega threes in there. Might might be completely off. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, like that's another salad I'll just whip up, like a Greek salad, except avocado, tomato, Ooh. cucumber, green onions. I uh, green onions in there for sure too. You gotta have some some chives, of some sort. All this to say, though, talking about foods made me like. You were saying you were busy at work. You're getting busier at work, and then we're talking about preparing food. Are you like, if you could, Eric, are you like a big meal prepper or like someone that'll do a lot of stuff the night before? I, I find I've been doing that more and more living a crazy lifestyle right now of always being busy and driving an hour to and from work every day, five days a week. I'm doing a lot of stuff at night and it's, it's, it's like a huge time saver. I don't know if you do that, Eric, or if, I mean, working from home, you must have a little more time than me. But like, do you, do you, do you, do you assign a lot of time to like meal prep and, or is it something you think about a lot? Like, do you have your meals planned for the week? That's my system uh, personally. So like, what's your, what's your system? Mm-hmm. There's definitely a system in place. I don't want to divulge too, too much because just because this is kind of stuff I was hoping to bank for our cooking episode because my habits cooking episode. have yeah. actually changed a bit in regards to food preparation and um but no for for sure though like it is a huge advantage to be able to work from home and i don't need to devote that much time in advance to make food like obviously i like to as much as i can but i also when i have time during the day like i can take a quick 15 and do some prep work during like a break or even my lunchtime and then prepare for dinner so when i'm done my work 
I can, like, as soon as my shift is done, start making dinner, which is a big advantage, which yeah. is un- unfortunate when uh, we'll go back to the office. I won't have that a luxury, I will say. It is definitely um, something I don't take for granted. But, uh, yeah, no, I've um, kind of changed up a few things about the cooking game. So, like I said, I don't want to say, like, everything about that right okay. now. But... Um, you're right. Like that is very important though to meal prep. And, uh, it's something that like my mom talked about when she was on here with us and putting time on a, like a Sunday where you don't have too much going on, just bang out a couple of meals is a, a key for many people. It's something that not that many people do or think is, um, because they have other, like they, if you work five days a week and you only have your weekend off, like maybe you just want to watch football or uh, like you just have shows or movies to catch up on, which is what thankfully I was mm-hmm. able to do this Saturday. I just crushed a bunch of TV and movies. So like you said, though, we'll get into that nice. later, but uh, nice to have those chill days. Like it's underrated. Like me, I'm someone who like constantly oh, yeah. keeps busy and very rarely am I just like chilling. And that was kind of that day for me. Saturday was just throw on a bunch of stuff and it felt nice to just unwind a bit. Probably should do it more, to be honest. That's awesome, Eric. I had uh, I had a day similar to that. Um, I remember we had like shitty weather. I, I mean, by the time this episode's drop, this episode drops, it'll be like three weeks now. Like that that high windstorm we had. I took the Friday off work because literally living where I am, can't see two feet in front of you during a windstorm, and the snow dripped across the field in front of my house and my laneway is so bad that even if I snow blowed it, if I blew it all out or if my neighbor did it with his tractor, an hour later it'd be covered in snow. So like my car's not going anywhere. So I took the day off and I had one of those days and I caught up on a couple shows that I'm going to talk about later. Um, so very important to have those days. You're right. Um, it, it's kind of funny when you have one of those lazy days, you're like, oh my God, like, uh, should I, am I, I'm allowing myself to treat myself like, should I be allowing this? Like, you feel like lazy a little, like, I'm like, Oh, I could be cleaning something. I could be, you know, my OCD and the goblins in my brain are working. Like, Oh, you could be more productive. What are you doing? But, uh, no, it's very important for mental health reasons to have like a, a day to yourself and you can do your own thing. But yeah, no, this winter has been, I've actually, it feels like every week there's a bad storm or something and I'm like taking a day off here or there. So it's, it's nice taking time to myself. Are you on the snow plow or do you shovel manually for all the snow that you get? Oh, no. Like, I have a huge laneway. I'm so blessed to have a neighbor that's super generous and has a a huge tractor with a blower and a shovel. So he takes care of that. And we just have to shovel, like, the walkway, which is two seconds. I will be investing into, like, a really nice, like, maybe a little tractor with a snow. Like... Like the size of a lawnmower tractor with a blower maybe in the future. Or maybe just a, a push snow blower that I'm going to buy. I'll look into that in the spring. But right now my ass is getting saved by my neighbor. So that's very, we're very lucky. Um, but yeah, Eric, it's brutal. Like I could show you pictures where it's like can't see in front of you. And the wind is like, it's insane. It's, there's no coverage, right? There's no houses. There's no trees. It's, it's crazy. That's one thing I got to say every minute it was like every time we have bad weather i'm like just remember how nice it was in the summer matt just remember the good times just remember all your your huge feel you can play with yeah so it's uh it's a trade-off for sure and it is like i mentioned our underrated episode being close to your neighbors has many perks of which you are seeing the rewards of in this instant 
personally. So for yeah. me, like it's not not the same situation at all because our driveway is like really small and it doesn't take that long for me to shovel. <laughs> but I actually don't mind shoveling. I feel like it's underrated. Speaking of things that are underrated, but it also depends <laughs> on the surface that you're working with. Like when I lived at Andy's mom's, we had like a bigger driveway because we're in the country and that was not fun to shovel yeah. all the time. Like that's like a bit of a workout and like you're out there for a while when it's heavy snow, that's just compound interest out there. It can be long and discouraging, but a little driveway in the suburbs, like hey, it's a nice little excuse to get outside. And, um, but no, it's yeah. Shoveling. Love it and hate it. Mostly hate though. Probably overall. I mean, nobody enjoys shoveling, but it is satisfying when you're all done. And it looks all nice and clean. You know, like I don't like cleaning my bathroom, but I have a, I get a nice feeling after I'm done and it's all clean. Like I feel satisfied. The room looks good. Just like working out, right? You feel like that, the boost of, uh, uh, the sense of accomplishment, sense of accomplishment basically. But yeah, like you're, you lived in VARS, right, Eric? Yep. With uh, Andy's parents? I mean, there's probably a big driveway. So just imagine doing that like probably three times the size and like by myself, it'd take me two hours to do my, just the laneway part. And there's like a whole roundabout about part to my uh, property. Frank, I need to like everybody come for uh, come up for the day. You know, like how we were saying like, oh, Uncle Claude lives really far away. Like now I'm that guy like <laughs> an hour away. Uh, I don't think I'm as far as as our uncle Claude in Gracefield, but like I'm I'm quite a hike away from you. No, we're we're uh, all just <laughs> waiting on that invite. It's uh, the ball's in your yeah. court at this point. But uh, no, that true. would that would be fun yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Barbecue Curtis party outside, the, hamburger. The crash. Yeah. yeah. Um, the ball is in my court. It is. Um, it, is. it actually is. Like, there's nothing we can do here. We're not going to ask you. All right, does this yeah. date work for you? It's, uh, anyway, when we get closer to the summer there, it's, if something lines up, would be great. Because, um, yeah. yeah, no, we just don't do as much anymore as a, like, as a family, honestly. Like, it's kind of it's too bad. But uh, it's how it is, right? Like, we grow up. We're uh, not all, we don't always have, like, the, the same opportunities that we did when we were younger, when we went to, like, our grandma's house. And that was like kind of That's our, right. our rallying cry to do like the holidays together. Now it's just not, Dick doesn't live there anymore. So, um, you know, that's just life. But uh, if we can still do these things every now and then, like it's, uh, I think it's important and uh, always a good time. So I, I, it, everything you said is great because like I, I, the older I'm getting, I'm like, how do people have fine time to do anything right now? I barely my weekends are my only like Saturday, Sunday is my two days off. And I, I feel like they're like, they're jam packed with either doing an activity with somebody else or just doing chores and stuff on my to-do list basically. And I have a large to-do list. So it's insane. I'm finding I'm doing more stuff like for other people than like, Oh, I'm doing, I want to go meet up with friends or like, there's no time to meet up with friends. now. Is what I'm trying to say. It's all like work and, you know, do things with, well, I have my girlfriend and her daughter, so, you know, we do stuff for her, and that makes me happy, too, don't get me wrong, it's just, it's a complete change for me, um, but I wouldn't change it for the world, it's great. Um, I had, kind of like, not to change uh, direction, but I had like a, not a debate topic we can have, but not a thesis, I don't know what to call it, I have like a point I want to ask you, like a question for you, basically. I know we're so close to you asking, so you might as well ask at this point. I think okay. we can go with that, and then whatever I had after, we can get to. It's all good. It's just a little alternate. 
So this topic is basically, it ties into our last episode, our, our, our top movie and TV show list. I love lists. I listen to podcasts where they do lists all the time. I hear, I'm, I've been hearing this debate for years on all my, the shows I listen to. And it's when creating a list or when you're reading a list, when you're watching the Oscar nomination, anything where there's like, this is the best of that year. This, these are the best albums of this year. These are the best movies. The, the, the debate basically of best versus favorite. Maybe I've brought it up on the show before, but I'm going to bring it again, bring it up again now. Like, do you think, Eric, that those two things mean the same thing or they're completely different? Like, are, are, are movies your favorite because they're the best? Or can you objectively, like, have two categories of these were the best movies and these were the favorite, these are my favorite movies? Um, the two sides being one is, well, there's no difference between the two words because my favorite movies are the best movies. They're the best because they're my favorite. Or can you objectively say like, oh no, Black Panther 2 was a super well-made movie, flawless acting. It was one of the best movies of the year, but then you wouldn't have it anywhere near your list because it wasn't your favorite. You'd prefer like a movie like Violet Night. Um, like, do you have any thoughts on best versus favorite? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting choices you made there for, like, the movie picks. But, uh, well, I mean, I think you know where I stand on it. Like, just based on how we make the hip-hop episodes. Like, I had Montega by French Montana as my second favorite album of 2022. So, I I don't buy in at all to the notion that these things that people say are the best should be your favorites and vice... Like, not vice versa. So... For example, I could actually take an example that I was going to talk about later. So I watched um, Banshees of Inishirin, which was your favorite movie of 2022 and is also considered to be one of the best movies of 2022. So for me, that's not one of my favorite movies of 2022. It was a good movie. I see the appeal and I see like I enjoyed it, but wasn't one of my favorites. So that's where I would like just go in and say like, I understand that these certain movies are being recognized as having the criteria that people in general find to be superior to other movies. And based on those criteria, they're ranked at a certain level, but I often find for myself anyways, that those movies are not my favorites. They like moonlight, for example. And so I think 2016, um, what else is there I can think of off the top? Like I try to watch the Oscar nominated movies and for those, those movies are all considered to be the best, but Nomad Land, prime example, did not like that movie yeah. straight up. So yeah. for me, I'll always go personal preference, what I like. And to me, that's the best, but I don't think in general that what I like the most is the best. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a weird one to debate in my mind because like you'll never truly convince people or I won't be convinced anyways. And I don't think I'm going to convince anyone, but that's just my opinion. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I, uh, I think I feel I went all over the place on that one, but that's kind of my stance on it is, um, my favorites to me are the best, but I understand that they're not the best in general. That's how I would describe it. No, I understand what... Well, we'll talk about Banshees in a second. Actually, I have questions for you. But <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, back to Nomadland. So it's... Is it a good movie, Eric? Yes or no? I didn't Nomadland. think so. I didn't think so. 
Like, but do you see like merit in it, like acting wise and the way it's made? For sure, yeah. But it, for me, it was an unenjoyable movie. And maybe I should watch it again. And I know that like some of those movies, you do need to see once. Maybe you're a little confused and it's not what you're expecting. And then knowing that you knowing where the story is gonna go, you can look at it from a different point of view and like dig deeper and understand themes and symbolism and all that. But that's not always why I'll watch movies. I'm not saying like I always need it to be just like simple popcorn action. Um, but that like, I do appreciate those, but for me, like the movies that are heavy on like the acting and great dialogue, I'll appreciate those as long as there there's, there are things I look for. Like I want interesting characters. I want a, an interesting story, some good intrigue and all, you know, like just basic things really. But I find for the most part, a lot of these movies that are well ranked, um, they just don't always do it for me. Eric, what you said was beautiful. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more, especially on Nomadland. Like, I'm right there with you. I'm in the same school of thought as you too, Eric. Like, if I were to make... I could make two different lists of, like, 100 best movies I've seen and 100 my 100 favorite movies because I feel, I feel like there's a clear difference between... Like, like, everything you just said, basically, I don't need to repeat it. Like, I know some of the movies that are my favorites, like, yeah, they can get picked apart for technical reasons and, but like entertainment value, like we're watching movies to be entertained here or are we watching them to learn something and watch the art of cinema? Two different things in my opinion. So well said, Eric. Um, Banshees of Inishare and yes, you kind of have to know a bit of backstory and I didn't even know any backstory, which I kind of felt like a little like lost. That's why I had a lot of questions after the movie. It is kind of a movie where having like Google searching after the movie would help, would benefit you. And it's a movie that's like, you could write, you know, like you could write like a whole like paper on it, like saying, oh, this represents this, this represents that, this character is this, this character is that. I don't know if you got that, Eric, like the whole Ireland, Northern Ireland, like the whole Civil War thing going on in the movie, like the allegory uh did you get any of that yeah no i got it like pretty quickly yeah, yeah. honest like i under like I, at first it was a little abrupt but then as the movie kept going and like they keep showing that like, the war is happening at the same time like all right this is what these two characters represent it's like yeah i'm i didn't do any research on it after the fact but i figured that one of them was uh, the north and then the other was the south i wasn't sure which uh which was which i'm sure knowing that would have made me understand why certain characters act the way they did. And that like one of them was more focused on the arts and for him, that was what was important. And the other was no, yeah. like just being a good guy. Like that's what people remember you for. Like I did like a lot of what they're doing. Like, it was a, it was a good movie, but for me, it's just, I don't know if I'll go back to that movie personally. And um, like, there were moments that I was definitely hooked Like closer to the end. Like I wasn't sure where it was going to go with them um, as things start to heat up a little bit. Uh, ramp up yeah. but um yeah no i did get uh, that for those two characters anyways i'm not sure if other characters were meant to represent different um factions but for the main two characters i i did get that um, metaphor allegory like you said yeah, for some reason i didn't get any of that till after the movie maybe i was just too sucked into it got like my something else caught my eye in the movie but maybe that's why i enjoyed the movie so much and I wasn't fixated on that, but uh, it's a good, Banshees of Inna Sharon's a good example of a movie, like, 
technically nothing wrong with the movie acting wise and the settings freaking gorgeous and it's but it's a movie that's like it's like a film school movie almost right like you could talk about it for like the whole class and like dissect this dissect that not necessarily always the thrilling movies those types right those are movies that like you know like Andrei Tarkovsky's movies Stalker, Solaris all those movies the Russian art films not super entertaining but like they're super psychological intellectual movies there's a lot and those would make my best of movies list but entertainment wise like something like oh you know I'm gonna save it for the recommend I'm not gonna name drop these shows that I've watched but I'll save that for the recommendations but back to our debate to me completely separate best and favorite and I could it's super hard to say like what movie is the best because it's subjective. I know at the end of the day, you're going to decide what good acting is. It's not like, oh, Eric, this is good acting. No matter what, like you can't have an opinion on this. This performance is good no matter what you think. But at the end of the day, Eric, you could think that uh, someone could think that Daniel Day-Lewis in uh, There Will Be Blood is not a great performance, right? Even though everyone else agrees that it is. So again, it's all subjective, but... I think we can start making like little definitions of like, okay, we know over time this movie's like super rewatchable. It's, it's stood, it's stood the test of time. Some movies are objectively like the best. Um, and then movies that are like guilt, like that you rewatch all the time. Those are your favorites. Those, they could be really well-made movies too, but they're the movies you go back to and they make your favorites list and they help, they hold nostalgia and a special place in your heart. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, because anytime you make a list, there's people that are don't agree or people that are like, oh, I didn't really care for that movie. Or, you know, like, there's always, like, did anyone, did you share your list with anybody? Or did anyone, like, uh, offer feedback on your list, Eric? Or talk, did you talk to any coworkers about it? Or No, no one did. Um, I, I definitely got some comments on the picks that I made, but nothing like really groundbreaking in that. Like my picks were uh, movies that I think a lot of people had seen. It was, um, Mm -hmm. and I will also say, I feel like when people make best lists, they're going to go with what they think will ruffle the lead or for the most part, I think people will to ensure that they don't get clowned for their lists. They'll put the picks that they think should be there. For example, if I'm making a best of 2022 list, hip-hop album, just go to that. And if I don't put the Kendrick album on my best list, I'm getting clowned for that. But if I do a favorites list and I don't include it, which I didn't, who cares? That's my opinion. And I honestly respect a favorites list way more than a best. I don't give a shit about a best of list because I don't think it's that authentic. I think it's people putting, oh, like, if I'll lose credibility if I don't put what I actually thought was the best but everyone else is saying the whale is the best of 2022. So it has to be my number three, even though I didn't even see it. You know what I mean? Like something like that. I feel like we should just get away from best. Like it's cool in a sense, because if you're looking to get into these movies that maybe don't get as much exposure, but are actually fantastic films for all these reasons that we've talked about, then that's good because then you're like discovering these movies that are considered to be great by most people. But I feel like a favorites, like you said too, you're getting like, there's a reason why they're picking their, their movies or their albums or whatever the list might be. There's a story to it. Nostalgia plays a factor. 
any, anything there's way more interesting to me than, a, oh, you know, this was um, the lighting on scene 27 was, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, who cares? Let's, let's get away from this and let's go favorites. That's why I don't even consider doing a best hip hop album list because that just wouldn't be authentic in my opinion and it's kind of like what's the point we're just putting this anyway you are, i've already said this like twice now but that's yeah. kind of my piece on that let's do favorites going forward it's the way to go superbly said eric uh any any like hip-hop critic that has like a blog or website is almost peer pressured into putting the kendrick lamar album right because it's it got so much attention it's it's like Brendan Fraser's performance. If you say it's not one of the best performances of the year, like you must be crazy. Everyone's been talking about it. Um, I mean, Kendrick has that reputation now of when he drops an album. His, I've liked all his albums leading up to Mr. Morale, Mr. Morale and the big, the big steppers. Like, it wasn't my favorite of his, but like he earned that reputation of like, okay, he dropped an album, we're gonna be talking about it, and it's gonna, uh, it's gonna almost be good even before it comes out, right? It's like a film director that's ultra, can't miss. Like can't Quentin Tarantino can't miss right now. Yeah, there you go. You almost have to like Quentin Tarantino's movies because they've all been almost all bangers, right? Like, you kind of like the fool if you don't say it's one of the best movies of the year. Same thing. Um, that's why like. Go ahead. I was going to say, let's just be more true to ourselves. And if we don't like the next Quentin Tarantino, yeah. let's not say it was one of the best. You know, let's say, like, you know what? He missed yeah. there. I don't know. It's um, yeah. food for thought. Did you have anything else you had written down? or? Um, yeah, and I guess it's an easy segue because we're talking about li- li- kind of movies in a way. Um, I've just been completely going against my cardinal rule of not watching trailers. And now I feel like I've already seen this movie. <laughs> But I I'm, I can't wait for Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania, But I feel like I've seen it in its entirety at this point. They're showing so much in these trailers, but I can't look away. I'm so pumped for this, and I gotta get back to my roots now. No trailers, going completely blind. I feel like I've been looped in because I'm very excited to see Kang the Conqueror be on the screen for yeah. the first time now. But. That's kind of where I'm at right now with movie trailers. I've actually, on the flip side, so I, I just finished Succession Season 3. Season 4 starting soon. That, I've been seeing trailers, but I've been looking away. Like, I don't want to get any spoilers for that. But for some reason, Ant-Man, I've seen, like, a lot. Um, have you seen any trailers, Matt? Are you still on that, like, no trailers life? Other than maybe in the theaters where, like, you're not going to, like, you can look. It's whatever you're there. But um, any thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Still only watching trailers at the theater because I have no choice. I'm not as ridiculous though. Like I, I won't. I'll watch them before I used to like avert my eyes and like plug my ears. But no, no, I watched the Ant Man trailer at the theater. But I, I've already forgotten about it. Like I don't, I don't give it any thought. Um, I know why you're excited. I think it's a little because you want like a return to form for Marvel, especially after like James Gunn and and the DC universe has been like. They've unveiled their slate, their lineup. I think Marvel should be a little worried. I'm not going to lie. Um, but back to the trailers for a second. Um, I find I have no desire to watch any trailers. People at work are always like, do you see the trailer for this? I'm like, I don't need to see the trailer. Give me the poster, the name of the director, who's in it. I'll be, I'm, I'm hyped for that movie already. I don't need to see any trailer. It's It shows clips from the movie. And when I'm watching that movie, I'm going to know like, Oh, when is that scene from the trailer coming up? I have a really good memory for stuff like that. So no desire to watch trailers. 
Um, Ant-Man I'm very excited for because like Marvel's got to like come back to its like a material you know what I'm saying Eric um no you're right like I, I first of all the DC lineup looks sick I'm actually pumped for the yeah. things that they announce like the shows and the movies like for the most part I'm intrigued to see 80 to 90 percent of them all um but yeah no this is a huge movie for Marvel like that's an understatement there but it's true this and I don't want to go in though thinking that it has to be like one of the best movies of Marvel. That's not the case. I'm just looking for it to really kick us off on like a good storyline for this phase five because it's the first product in phase five. I want to see, like I said, I don't know if I've said on the pod, but I feel like I've been saying this. I want to see Kang just dominate to the in this movie. So if that means Ant-Man dies, I'm okay with it. I don't think he'll die, but I do think someone should. Um, and I... Yeah, but it's for me, it's even more than trails. I'm like looking stuff up too. Like I'm just so invested in this movie. I've calmed down in like the last weeks, but still like now it's at the time of recording, it's a week out. I'm going on opening night. I'm pretty pumped to go see it if you haven't guessed. And um, it's going to be a good one. There's two post-credit scenes apparently. So, and apparently they're both good. So stick around after the long credits. I normally Google on my phone, like in the Wikipedia page to see if there's a post credit scene as well after I've seen the mid credit scene. Cause then that tells like whether or not you should stick around. Right. Like uh, you almost feel like yelling at everybody like there's no scene, <laughs> but you know, that's their journey and they got, they got to just go forth um, with two left feet in this situation. But uh, yeah, no Ant-Man very excited for it. And, um, yeah, I don't know when their next Marvel show is going to be, but uh, they definitely do need to pick it up. I mean, it's that the Green Lantern show I'm very excited for and um, the Superman movie, the Batman movie. Like, with James Gunn at the helm of it all, I think they're in good hands, DC. And this is what we need, honestly. We need DC to actually put out good material to rival Marvel and actually create a good debate that... Because I'm actually reading one of the Batman uh, Justice League comic books right now Injustice Volume 3. It's very good. Like, they have... They say they have the best source material of, like, between Marvel and DC. The comics are much stronger for DC. And it's been really fun to read. Yeah, no, trailers, and try to avoid them as much as possible just to wrap that up. Again, Zack Snyder, Batman vs. Superman. One of the worst trailers in terms of linearly, like, showing the narrative in linear fashion. Like, I couldn't believe it, Eric. Whole movie, so... Marvel's done a good job, though, actually. Infinity War, Endgame, perfect trailers. Um, no, Marvel's done a good job. It's a stupid freaking Batman vs. Superman. and uh, So many. Like, all the Dwayne The Rock Johnson movies, all of The Rock's movies, same thing. Like, you see the whole freaking movie. Those crappy action movies, you see the whole movie. Great. And I used to love watching trailers, too, but now it's... Remember, like... When I babysat you guys, like Pirates of the Caribbean, the new trailer would draw, like, for the new Pirates movie, would be like, oh my god, <laughs> losing our minds. And now we know too much about a movie before it comes out. You see everything. It's like, it's, it sucks. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm hoping Ant-Man is kind of misdirecting us with the trailer a bit, because they do show, like, what could be looked at as a linear storyline with what certain characters do. So I hope there's going to be a bit of a twist on some things. Because, yeah, like the trailer, the two trailers have been sick. But now that's the problem is like those trailers hype me up so much. So you don't want to go into the theater 
coming off the hype of those sick trailers and then when it's just the scenes that they took from the movies chopped up with some cool music it looks awesome but then in the movie it kind of doesn't hit as hard um that's the trouble again that you get with watching trailers that the sequencing in the trailer look awesome but then in the movie it's just like okay yeah it's a decent little punch there or whatever like i don't know so yeah. i think for the it's for the best to just avoid them overall all this to say don't just avoid them well just about watching stuff like i've been uh, mixing it up a little bit the content that i'm consuming this is something that i used to never do and um a line that always came to mind was from a comedian who I got to see actually last year, Jim Gaffigan, would say, I don't watch the news because I don't like being depressed. And I started watching the news actually for the last few weeks. It's been pretty interesting and like I oh feel God. like important to be informed on what's happening in, in Ottawa and the world. And it's been a nice change of pace. I'm like, doing the dishes at 5.56, and I try to wrap up quick to not miss 6 p.m. puck drop, so to speak. So I um, would recommend, you know, the news. Check it out. It's uh, important stuff. <laughs> Do you watch the news, Matt? I don't feel like I have to because, like, I was scrolling through the, through Facebook, and, like, I go on CNN's website quite often or, like, news websites on break at work, and... I see all the local news on Facebook, you know, like someone will post something. So that's the only source of news I get. Eric. I don't, I know I don't sit down and watch the six o'clock news. I always find like they try to pick bad news to get your attention. And it is depressing in my opinion. I don't need to watch any. I don't, I don't want to know that. I want to watch my hockey highlights every morning. That's a must do that before I start my shift at work. But no, I don't need to know all this. Like, no, I don't need to know all that. <laughs> Especially the weather. It's like, shut up with the weather already. I have a phone. I can see what it's going to be like. Don't need to tell me freaking a hundred times that big storm on the way. I hate that. They give you the nice <sighs> meteorological <laughs> meteorologist uh, terminology of like the Arctic vortex that's normally not this low and like that it's coming on in three days. It'll be in this shape. Anyways, it's, yeah, I agree with you on the news. Like on the, the weather, like you obviously you can get that on your phone and news you can get on your phone easy, but there is something about just sitting down and taking in like 20 to 30 minutes of um, stuff that's happening around and uh, stuff like, like there's a lot of stuff that I don't see on social media. Like most of my Twitter is like sports news, music news, um, like internet stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't go on Facebook, so I know that that's where a lot of links are shared, like CNN and stuff. But it is nice like to also hear like interviews with people and stuff about talking about what's going on in their communities and stuff and um, and stuff. Um, but a lot of um, work really like union talks that affect me and my work has been interesting to hear about in the news and um it is just good, I feel like, in general, to be informed. It's something I wasn't really before. Um, and I feel feel good. And, you know, that's definitely something that I don't feel like I'm wasting time sitting around watching TV. You know what I mean? So, uh, just a bit. Like, 20 yeah. or 30 minutes, like I said, every day. I didn't tonight, actually. But um, bounce back tomorrow. I mean, what you're watching, Eric, is super relevant. And knowledge, like, more the more, the, the more information you know, the smarter you are, right? You're learning about things in the real world. So you're getting smarter just, just by doing that. So yeah, no, uh, no, never thought in a million years you'd bring that up tonight. So you caught me off guard with that. The news, news watcher. I like it. 
Switching it up. Uh, it's not all Ant-Man trailers out here. <laughs> well, what do you do during the commercials? Probably watching trailers on your phone? Yeah, well, yeah, for sure I'm on my phone instantly. Uh, trailers, yeah, I don't know. It would be like the Ant-Man trailer, basically. Um, and Creed, but yeah. uh, no, overall, uh, I don't know. Ooh. Just uh, fantasy hockey stuff. You know, oh, yeah. Wordle. Oh yeah, I like no, that. No, it's fun um, every day. Like it's a um, little brain teaser, and uh, that's another thing that like sharpens the the senses. You like there are a few words sometimes I don't even know what they are, but just based on the letters that are remain, like okay, it has to be this. Like this bloggle yeah. isn't a word, so it has to be. I don't know. Um, I will say one last thing I had written down is on my last notes going into this episode is something that. I've noticed anyways that you normally get like a pretty solid return on investment. Good bang for your buck will always get a mirror back to you is just saying like as a closing word or sentence to someone as you leave or thank them for something. Just say like, hey, cheers, cheers, almost guaranteed the other person will say cheers back. There's just something about it I've noticed and I don't overuse this word like I barely say it. But almost every time I do, I was like, all right, hey, cheers, thanks. The other person says cheers back. There's just, it's the the combination of letters in that order. Also with what it implies, like it's a sense of camaraderie. You're normally, like the person's thinking like, yeah, let's cheers our beers, hypothetical beers together. Mm-hmm. There's just something about it that gets people going, gets them in a good mood. They think it's Friday afternoon. And I would recommend that. Early random recommendation. It evokes a feeling of like accomplishment, like cheer, like drinks clanking together, like thank you for your help, like thanks you were like yeah, I like getting the cheers like from helping somebody like ah oh, cheer like thank you cheer yeah yeah I do like receive it on the receiving end so very European right you almost feel like obliged to say it back for some reason yeah. there's something about yeah. it that just but it's good vibes only though right like it's not. <laughs> there's nothing yeah. negative about it you're just toasting to a better tomorrow and um and like i was saying it's something i try not to use too much but uh, i do like saying it and then people like hearing it apparently so uh, just maybe test it out don't overdo it though you don't want to be that guy who's always saying cheers that's a hundred percent certain um, but let me know. Like, I actually would be curious if you were to use, it's not like homework or anything, but anyone who would like to test my theory out, it's obviously happened where people haven't said it back. I'm not saying it's like always a guarantee, but for the most part, people say it back. So I, I am curious if anyone does want to test this out and let me know. I'd love to be proven wrong. You know, that's how you learn. I'll say it eight times at work tomorrow. We'll see what happens. I might not have a co-host then going Mm. forward. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah. Um, I mean, friggin' saying thank you is underrated and saying cheers is just like a... It's a way of making it more like original, I guess, because not a lot of people say cheers. Like I worked with an Australian guy for five years at Farm Boy and he would always say cheers and... It, the, it lost its meaning after a while. Cheers was this thank you, right? So that's true. So yeah, don't overuse something, or else it'll become like diluted and it will lose its meaning. Exactly. Um, said. Did you want to jump into like recommendations? Because I want to talk about a couple of things that were on your TV list from last 
episode. Mm, okay. Set it off, Matt. I worked really hard at watching these two B shows, and I, that's all I was watching the last mostly all I was watching the last two weeks. But I've watched Andor and Better Call Saul, and they were both fucking phenomenal. <laughs> Let's go, love it. Uh, talk about Better Call Saul first. The last season of Better Call Saul, season six, divided into two parts, tw- thirteen episodes. Holy shit, like, just the meat of that season, like, episode, like, six, seven, eight, was insane. Oh, yeah. Like, everything with some minor spoiler alert here. Like, I'm not... Anything that happened with Lalo and Gus and that whole storyline was unreal. As we approach the end of the season with all the... More of the black and white footage and, like, what happens after the events of Breaking Bad, that really kept my interest, actually. I wasn't bored for a second. It was just, like, I wanted to know what would happen. Ultimately, I was satisfied at the end. It's not like a huge banger of an ending of a series, but it's it's appropriate. It's an appropriate ending, in my opinion. It's everyone gets their just desserts, right? Um, what a great show! I'm glad you told me you're like Matt. You need to watch it by any means necessary, <laughs> and I did. Um, Freaking Bob Odenkirk and and Rhea Seahorn and. The guy who plays Mike, like Jonathan Banks and freaking Giancarlo Esposito. All the actors in the show are masterclass performances. Very good writing. Like Vince Gilligan, Peter Gold, the writers and creators of the show. Like, so compelling. I don't know, Eric. Like, it would it would be close to my number one, not going to lie. Uh, the, other, the problem is Andor was also equally as good. So, but no, Better Call Saul. Freaking great. I'm so glad you had it on your list because it kind of like kicked my ass to watch it. Um, so good. So, so good. If it's Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, like, are such good, like, they complement each other so well. Just like Better Call Saul is a little like slower pace and not gonna like, not a mile a minute action scenes or like thrilling scenes like Breaking Bad, but just like amazing writing. You care about all the characters very you see all the similarities between the shows and no it's it was very good eric um still think breaking bad's number one like better than it but uh yeah yeah good 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 recommendation well i'm glad you liked it first of all i thought um that's a show that's only gotten better with each season the last one being the best by far and um yeah yeah, no the the middle of the season elite content and the end like i like you said i think it's the perfect ending for all these characters not the same kind of ending that we get in breaking bad but it it couldn't be that right like it just wouldn't have made sense and i'll also say so you said so many things there that i agree with like everything um lalo i'd have to do a full rundown of all the characters in the better call the breaking bad universe but he's if we're doing talking about lists, you can be on best and favorites because Lalo is definitely up there for me. He was an amazing addition to this world. And I know The Office thrives in cringe comedy. I don't know if I've cringed more ever in a scene than with that scene with Howard in the boardroom with that um, mediator. That was just brutal yeah. and incredible writing and acting plan and execution. I think that's the name of the episode. That was just wild. I've seen that episode a few times, actually, just for that scene. 
And Howard's also another character, super underrated. Yeah. I hated him at first, but he got better as the seasons went along. And all the characters are so complex and, complex and nuanced that um, very few shows are able to pull this off, like both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul did, and giving us these iconic characters. And um, yeah, so just smart TV attention, the production value. Like I love all the editing too, like how they have their shots on food and like the cuts from to show mm-hmm. the passage of time. Always like the the shots of random objects, like in the desert at the start of an episode, and then the episode ends yeah. on that same obscure item. Always love it. No, uh, Better Call Saul. I think it's a must-watch if you've seen Breaking Bad. Yeah. Not the same kind of show, but you will be rewarded if you put in the time and effort. Uh, it's top-tier television, in my opinion. More accessible. I think more people would like Better Call Saul. People that aren't into like violent and drug shows, like Better Call Saul is more like the with the legal system and the lawyers and like conning people like it's more more people will like that kind of stuff than like violent uh like meth meth labs and like you know the stuff in breaking bad um they're more gangster aspect what i loved about better honestly better calls every time they cut to like mike and gus and their problems with the cartel like that was like to me that's the most interesting part like how they set up operation and like and like the scenes with lalo basically what a great job he did. When I saw him in Hawkeye, yeah. the TV show, I was like, this it's so jarring. I can't picture him as anything else but Lalo Salamanca. The scene with Nacho when he's like telling off uh uh Hector Don uh Hector Salamanca, like in the, like he's like, I caused this like I'm the one who switched your off oh, frig. Brilliant. Eric, I was like goosebumps all over me. I was like, oh my god, this is like top tier television i know this is like a special tv show now but as at number one on your top five tv shows you had andor and andor is a show i never even wanted to watch because i was like i watched the first episode and i was like like i explained in the last episode i it didn't captivate me was i ever totally freaking wrong eric like (laughs) Andor is a show that has no right to be this good, first of all. It has everything. It has, like, the Game of Thrones political part of the Empire's minions and underlings and officers going at it. It has rebel creation of the rebels. It has a character who's, like, recruited and tasked for, like, these missions at the start of the season or a mission. There's all the games in the shadows being played with, like, senators and trying to keep secrets it's like a whole game of secrets in the shadows it's freaking i had no idea the show was going to be about this eric um like you talked you talked about it like you're like stellan skarsgård's in the show he's amazing like him and every other freaking actor that girl that female emperor officer she was amazing i forget her name i forget a lot of the names to be honest in that show because they're all like well they're from a different galaxy but like she was great what I loved about Andor is the jumping between the different settings a la Game of Thrones, you know? You're following Cassian Andor, then you're jumping to Stellan Skarsgård's character, then you're jumping to the, the bad guy's point of view. Love that stuff. Never was bored for a second. Great action scenes. Flashbacks, but not too many of them. You know, they did that really tastefully. They didn't, like, bore you with too much backstory. 
the the prison like little sequence like the three episodes where he's in like the jail i was like i was like could have watched a whole show on just like them in jail i love jail <laughs> movies great. and tv shows so that was perfect right yeah i don't know i don't know what else to say i mean i i, I want to talk about every episode but uh andor had no business being this good but it's like it's a 10 out of it's a 10 out of 10 tv show for like star wars and marvel shows it raises it, it's it sets the bar for tar, for star wars and marvel tv shows in my opinion 100 percent. and um like i said last episode like i'm curious to see how mando is gonna follow this up it's not the same kind of show at all we don't expect it to be but yeah but that kind of writing and just like the way they're able to set up like tension and just really, you're never sure what's going to happen. It was just bar second to none. And um, mm-hmm. Genevieve O'Reilly, who plays Mon Mothma, was fantastic. Like, all of her scenes with the political yeah. aspect um, of the, the yeah. Senate, I guess, was top. Like, and even hearing about bureaucracy inside the I- ISB, um, yeah, ISB, was like yeah. it's stuff that maybe if done in the prequel trilogy we have no interest in seeing all of that but in here like with this level of writing and like the fast-paced environment like it's even though we don't always understand what they're talking about it's made interesting and like you just want to find out what's going to happen next with the plans that they're um concocting to capture a certain rebel spy and like it's it is made for yeah. it's star wars for adults it's star wars after hours there's um there's a lot of great stuff in there. Amazing show and a great finale as well. But no, I loved how it was structured too with like the mini stories of like three episode arcs. The one um, when you had texted me that you had started watching it there and you hadn't seen the eye yet, like the storm. Not It's not really a storm, like just the big light show with the cousin from um, the bear, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he had a, a great quote, which I've actually used at work. Which is the axe forgets, but the tree remembers. Like amazing dialogue, it's so good. It's another one. Yeah. That's the cheers for like more intense conversation. Mix that in there. The axe forgets, but the tree remembers. So good. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love that show. And season two, hopefully, like the bar is set high now. I hope they can just meet that bar again. I'll be happy. Maybe even a little less good than season one will be okay, but we don't want no big fall off, uh, J. Cole style. Uh. Yeah. Um, like, like Mandalorian, those are the better action scenes. Like those, those, the action scenes in Mandalorian are more enjoyable than the action scenes in Andor. But Andor has the, like you said, adult after hours, like spy thriller intrigue, James Bond, like uh, John Le Carré, like, spy thriller novel like okay there's let me give an example like there's a scene where both parties have like inside men on the other like both parties have moles yeah. planted in the other one's lair so like there's a scene where Stalin Skarsgård's talking to Saw Guerrero and he's like you gotta you gotta like cancel that attack you gotta like you're not going on this attack he's like why he's like oh they already know about it he's like okay so, but you're not going to warn the other guy who's going to do the attack. He's like, well, if I tell him, then the Empire is going to know that we know. So therefore, we're not going to do anything. It's a little like in World War II when the English intelligence knew about some of, the, uh, some of the German attacks. But they're like, well, we're willing to accept certain casualties because we don't want the Germans to know that we've cracked the Enigma code. Same vibes going on in Andor. That game of like 
how much are you willing to sacrifice? And there's that scene with Saw Gerrera is amazing because you can see he's like thinking about it too. And he does eventually come to reason. And Stalin Skarsgård like forcefully like tells him like, hey, I'm not lying to you. This is the way it is. And think bigger picture, basically. Think of the bigger picture. And it's moments like that in Andor that elevate it way higher than Mandalorian, which Mandalorian is like high art, uh, high like Saturday morning cartoon the best action and like fist pump moments ever. But Andor is like the smart under the, in the shadows type of fun, you know, like Game of Thrones did and other shows like it. So Andor was the adult Star Wars show. Like you can't show like, I don't know if I would have liked the show when I was 13, I would have been like bored, endlessly bored. So yeah, super glad you had it as your number one, Eric hit, just motivated me even more to watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you liked it. And like, that's a great scene and point that you raised there about like the sacrifice that they had to make and like for it like, to not out their intelligence in the like, yeah. mole that they had. But as Thanos has taught us, the hardest choices require the strongest wills and Luthen does have one of the strongest wills and, has to make the hardest choices in the position that he's in. Like we, he like, he could be the one who started the rebellion for all we know. Yeah, I know. Great show. Yep. Just quickly, the, the scene in Luth, when Luthen's in his ship and he takes out, uh, he takes out those like three tie fighters. Like they were just made out of cardboard. Anyways, if you've seen it, you know what we're talking about. He just like mess. Like he, yeah, that was epic. Yeah. Sick scene. Um, but the, the show still had some good action, honestly. Yeah, Mando probably has bigger set-piece action, but it, it did still have solid action. I, I like the boots-on-the-ground um, action that they had in Andor. Um, I started a show, actually, that is not action at all. It's called I Know This Much Is True. I don't know. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, Matt. It's a miniseries on HBO starring Mark Ruffalo, actually, in a dual role. Like He plays a set of twins. Two completely different twins. Um, one of the brothers has um, just because of abuse received by his stepfather has had some developmental issues and sees the world in a different way and has turned to religion to make a lot of um, choices in his life. Some of which are have put him in now in a um, a facility to be rehabilitated into the the world. And now his brother's fighting to get him back into his custody and just figuring out what's best for his brother. Whereas the institution is trying to keep him medicated and all that. And then you, you get there's this show is like flashback heavy. Like you slowly get like the show opens with his brother, basically cutting off his own hand as a sacrifice. And then you get to find out, how he got to this point. We're slowly getting there. Like the, the trauma they've both experienced. It's pretty good. Like it's good so far. <laughs> it's a brutal sell job, but it is a solid show so far. And actually does have like a decent amount of humor. Mark Ruffalo has been pretty solid in this so far. And, um, I'm pretty sure he won an Emmy for this, like best lead actor in a limited series in 2021. 
Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's on Crave right now. It's six episodes. I'm halfway through. Interested to see where it's going to go. I'll let you know if it and it finishes strong. This isn't one of those shows like The Bear that I'll have started or We Own This City <laughs> that I'll have started and then not finish. I am going to finish it because I am like I am captivated to see where it goes. So yeah, I know this much is true. Like Catherine Hans in there. Um, okay. the guy who plays AJ in the office is in there. I don't know his name. Like there's a few other actors who that you've seen in things like, especially I think HBO, like they love their revolving door of like their regulars, oh, yeah. like their little plug and play supporting actors who have like, are in two episodes. Actually Imogen Poots is in this show as well. Mm-hmm. She was the, the mother in Vivarium. That's what I know her from. So a call back to Vivarium. Um, yeah, no, it's solid so far. Uh, we'll see. Would recommend. We'll see where it goes. Wow, I love hearing about things that have, like like this was totally not on my radar and never heard of it. So excellent. You'll have to keep uh, give us a second update when you finish. Should be done by next episode. We'll see how uh, how things go, but uh, yeah, should be done soon. TV right now is so strong, like. I feel like you can take less of a risk with TV shows because like you look at a show's rating or how much acclaim it gets, like you pretty much know it's a safe bet. Like you said, like Mark Ruffalo won an Emmy for this miniseries. Like, you know, it's going to be good. Whereas I'm watching all these movies and I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to be good, but maybe not really. (laughs) TV's really come a long way in that respect. There's so much good stuff out there. Um, I feel like it's less risky to start a TV show because like, you, you hear so much about it. Like, I knew Andor and Better Call Saul I would like. I didn't know how, how much I would like them, but I knew it was a pretty safe bet. Which sounds stupid because, like, I slacked off so long. Like, I didn't even watch those shows when they came out. But that's a whole other discussion. Um, I have one movie, Eric, because I haven't I've been watching Andor and Better Call Saul. But I also watched The Sound of Metal or Sound of Metal mm. on Netflix with nice. Riz Ahmed. Nice. Rizame from from yeah, he was in Rogue One, so that's my transition from Andor to Rogue One to Rizamed to Sound of Metal. It's a character study type of movie. He's a drummer in a metal band. One day wakes up, he's got ringing tendonitis in his ears, like severe ringing. Everything's muffled. You kind of experience the movie through his ears for that little bit in the movie can barely hear what all the other characters are saying. You experience it from his point of view. He finds out he's slowly going deaf and he'll be deaf like in a matter of months. It's only going to get worse. There's surgery. It costs so much money. But even even with surgery, he'll never hear the same again. It'll be different. So, and it's just, the whole movie is about him accepting that huge lifestyle change. He tries different things, goes to like, befriends the deaf community in his town but again, the whole movie, you're following this character and you're, it's it's told from his perspective. It's it's not a fast-paced moving, move, uh, fast-paced moving movie. It's not a super action movie. It's just like a character study. But Riz Ahmed keeps, kept my attention the whole time because his performance is phenomenal. I loved how it ended too. Like the, the resolution was really good. Um, it's a movie where it, it doesn't go where you think it's going to go. It doesn't get all sappy or emotional or disturbed. It doesn't go any of those routes. It's very quiet in that sense. Couldn't even be considered an art house, an art film really, because it's not, it doesn't have any mainstream appeal. It's not a fast paced moving movie. It's a character study, but I loved it, Eric. Like I gave it like 
four and a half stars. Sound of Metal was great in my opinion. Riz Ahmed, always love that guy. I've seen him in a lot of stuff now. He's great. Yeah, I don't know. Have you heard of this movie, Eric? Sound of Metal? Yeah, so I actually recommended it. Like, I forgot when, but a few, probably months ago oh. now. <laughs> so that's why I thought you were saying like, you watched it because I recommended it. I guess not. But oh. uh, <laughs> no, I loved it too. Like, I, I was a big fan of that movie. I thought, um, I mean, you've already said pretty much everything about it. And I'm trying to f- I forget what I said about it, honestly. But no, I was a big fan. I liked when he was incorporated in the deaf community, like him just coming to grips with like, this is going to be his new reality now and let's make the best of yeah. it. But like you said, it doesn't necessarily go where you think it's going to go. And at times I wish it took different turns for that character because you get invested in his story and all that. Um, like this is the kind of this is a perfect kind of movie that could be considered probably as like a best of that actually is like I enjoyed it quite a lot. So like there's no um I don't know it's like not to get into this whole, this again in depth, but there are some art house movies I guess that resonate with me and certain people more, and then others that just won't as much. That's just movies in general I guess right like you're not no one's gonna like always no one's always gonna like the um the best of movies every single year like I think. You might be lying if you say you like all of them every single year just because they're like the top 50. You're not going to like the top 50 just because they're on someone's list that says the best of the movie. Anyways, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying right now. But um, great movie. I, I didn't know it was on Netflix. So yeah, definitely check it out. I watched it on Crave and um, I'm glad I did. Great stuff. Yeah, my bad. Totally forgot you talked about it. Uh, I saw it on Netflix. I was over the moon because I was like, I, it was on my watch list. So. Yeah, that's the movie I watched. Um, he was nominated for an Oscar. I knew, like, I knew it was a good movie. Like, it was critically acclaimed. So, yeah, that's what I've been watching the last two weeks. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Like that show. So I also watched a uh, Bullet Train, which is a 2022 film. Loved it. That's the kind of movie that I wish I had seen in theaters, and I kind of wanted to see in theaters too. Like those big mm-hmm. action movies that have a lot of moments for laughs in them. They just play in theater. And while I did enjoy it watching at home, it's not the same. I think it's a te- not a testament, but just like a sign that whenever these movies that you think could look like they could be cool to see on a bigger screen with people, like just do it. Like We don't really get to go to the theater as often anymore as we did when we were younger. And I think it's something that... And people just don't watch it anymore because of streaming as much, right? But for those kind of movies, yeah. like it's definitely worth going to see. Like I feel like this would have killed in theaters. I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. Uh, I was into it the whole time. Brad Pitt, man, like the guy, uh, he doesn't really miss. Honestly, like, I like most of his movies. He um, does a good job yeah. at being like um, a funny, charismatic lead and just good action star in his own right. A lot of great actors in this movie too. Like a star-studded cast. And uh, I was enjoying all the cameos in there, um, especially like, when he did like his outfit change on the train. Like that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. If you remember that, um, yeah, two Atlanta actors in there: Zazie Beats and yeah. uh, my guy Paperboy. They crushed it. Aaron Taylor Johnson was great too. I, I really liked his oh, character. Yeah. And even the White Death actor, I was like, who is this guy? Like, I knew I knew him. And then there was that little, that smirk, that unrecognizable, that recognizable General Zod smirk. And, um, yeah. 
was uh, great stuff. So I would check that out. It's on Prime Video. If you haven't seen Bullet Train, definitely recommend. Don't know if it would have made it wouldn't have made my top five based on my uh, like the picks I made. I stand by those, but definitely one of my one of my favorites for sure. I like what you said about the theater. I think had I seen Top Gun Maverick at the theater, I'd have a complete I'd have a completely different opinion on the movie because I loved it, but like like we you talked about before, like at the theater, that movie is in a world of its in a class of its own, right? So. That would have probably made my list. So yeah, good point. Going to the theater, it's 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 never gonna die because of that experience of movies like Avatar and Top Gun. So I'm glad I'm glad for those movies. Yeah. I think Marvel movies too. I'm trying to think what else this year. Like this is something yeah. I wish we'd done in the last episode because now we're kind of dwindling down to the end here. But I feel like uh, like had we done shows and movies movies that we're looking forward to in 2023 like for me looking at movie or theatrical releases like dune part two i think that's going to be a must see in theaters because dune one was a hit but dune two is going to be huge and the special effects the sound the action i think that's going to be truly must see in theaters then there's like oppenheimer which i don't know i haven't seen the trailer for that people are pretty pumped for it i'll probably go like, I want to watch it. I don't know if that's a must-see in theaters. I don't know what you think about that one. But the Marvel movies for sure are. They always are for me. Maybe the Mission Impossible movie, too. Oppenheimer's already going to be a good movie, right? Because it's Christopher Nolan. He doesn't make bad movies. I feel like it's unpopular to... It's very unpopular, unpopular to say his movies aren't good. Like, he's very, very well-liked right now. So, it's you know it's going to be a solid solidly made film mission impossible seven mm, crazy i think there's like two parts to this one i mean i all my faith is in tom cruise to entertain me at the theater he always entertains me at the theater i've seen the last like four mission impossibles at the cinema so cannot wait for that yeah marvel you know like i don't i, I once the marvel movie comes out then i'll be hyped but i don't like think about that too much and then i quietly creeps up on me like ant-man is right now and now i'm like super excited so I'm not going to think too far ahead on that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's all I had, honestly, for random recommendations and uh, just no topic as well. That's all, all I had uh, ready to roll. There's more stuff on my... Actually, one thing I could just throw in really quickly there. I don't know if you're watching this, Matt, but I've been watching The Last of Us. Fantastic show so far. I've seen the first four episodes now at the time of recording. Love and I have a nice Sunday night show on HBO again. Primetime, 9 o'clock. A bunch of people in my office are watching it too, so we're talking about it the next day. It's super fun. Like I love having that weekly show that gets the people going, and um, it so far has not been a letdown at all. Like the quality's been top notch. This is like Walking Dead on steroids, and and I can't wait to see where it goes. It's been really fun to watch. Pedro Pascal, the guy's just killing the game since getting killed off of Game of Thrones. He's been like monopolizing television and movie roles like he's just crushing it so have you been watching this matt i have not it's definitely going to be it's we're probably going to do an episode on it because i've been hearing a lot about it from people at work i had no interest well i first of all i didn't even know what it was until someone explained to me like the storyline in the game and what's going on in the show and right right there i was hooked so i want to watch the show i'm just gonna wait Maybe wait till season one ends and then binge it. I, I don't have I don't have the option to watch it every week. 
Sorry, like I could watch it illegally every week, but I'm just going to wait and watch it, like binge it. Because from what I've heard now, like from episode three on, like I, I didn't hear about episode four yet, but like from what I hear, like it's fucking amazing. Like I see it on my TikTok feed is like, has videos on last of us like people like saying how great it is like i see it on instagram i see it on facebook i see it on all my social media platforms like people are hyping this show up like crazy not hyping it up people are raving about the show like crazy so um can't wait to watch it it's horror right like i love that stuff um survival apocalyptic stuff. i love that stuff so i think we'll have our own like We'll definitely have a show where we talk about that, I'm guessing, right, Eric? Yeah, I know, hey, like I said, I was doing a little look ahead and like scheduled of what could go where, <laughs> and I mean it definitely had a last of us. Okay, the finale is gonna be this date, we could do an episode of this date. Like so no, I'm hundred percent down to do that and uh talk about like just yeah, that genre too of like zombie apocalypse, all that there. So I think that's definitely one uh, for in a maybe a month or two down the road when the show is wrapped up. Um but yeah, I think that'd be a good spot to wrap it up for our episode tonight. Um, Matt, any final notes? Well, super fun. Like, we started off not really knowing where we were going to go, but ended up, hey, we've done an hour and 25 minutes. So uh, we figured something out. Um, any final notes for the listeners? Yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I mean, I had a super good time too, Eric. I, I mean, I, I inadvertently always come back to talking about one of my favorite things, which is like movies and you know, stuff around the, that subject. So no, I had, I had a lot of fun tonight. I uh, hope everyone is having a good time right now and enjoying the winter or not enjoying it, whatever. It's almost over. So yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to stay safe. Love you all. And yeah, peace.